welcome to Happier Ladies, a podcast where we discuss all things related to the Happier and Happier in Hollywood podcasts. We're sisters and super fans who can't get enough happier. So we created our own podcast to keep the conversation going. I'm Malika Amandi, a SoCal native living in Western Massachusetts, a new mom and an entrepreneur. I'm here with my sister, Azizi Williams. That's me. I live and work in the LA area. I'm a not-so-new mom, and I'm an education professional in the independent school world. Azizi. I just got back from my first travel of 2024. Trip number one. (laughs) We did President's Weekend getaway to Connecticut. (laughs) So far away. (laughs) It's not very far. (laughs) But we took Ilea, my niece, and your daughter, and Indigo, and it was fun. It was a nice little excursion. Well, the pictures looked lovely. It looked like you guys were just having so much fun looking at a new landscape and enjoying the water. Yeah, there was a lot of snow there. We don't have any snow on the ground here anymore, Mm. so that was fun, I guess. There was a hot tub at the Airbnb and we didn't really get to use it until last night, but it was just like, we've got to use it. Like, we can't leave this place and not get in this hot tub. You have to use all the amenities, right? All the amenities have to be used. It was nice to sit back there. And I was remembering that you have a bathtub in your backyard. Do you still use it? In the pandemic, I was trying to think of what's one thing that would make me happier. And it was if I had my own outdoor bathtub. And so my then boyfriend, now husband, made it happen with external water heater and a propane tank. And we bought a tub from Home Depot. So I have this great setup. I haven't used it, Malika, probably in like six months to a year. Azizi. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, this is the thing. We were out there in the hot tub and we're like, gosh, you know, we have space for this. We can really do this in our backyard. And then we're like, well, would we use it? You know, is it the kind of thing that when you have it, it just kind of fades away? But if it's at a vacation home, you're like, yes, we got to use it. I was remembering thinking about a sauna because that's appealing too. Oh, and right. wondering about Sarah and her sauna. Anna. That was a big thing right. for a while. <laughs> Happier in Hollywood. I don't know if she set it up in Ojai or yeah. where that is, but we were just mulling it over and we're not making any moves or anything. That kind of thing. It's not simple because it takes quite a bit to set up and maintain, but it is simple in that it is a simple pleasure sitting in hot water. How does that feel so good? It instantly makes you feel better. And the thing is for my tub, it takes a little bit of work. There's some setup. And so that little bit of work can get in the way of just doing it. And now there's so many other things to do. When I got it, that was the entertainment. That was the thing to do to relax. So maybe next year I'll put it on my list to make sure I use it because it's like exercise. After you do it, you feel better, but getting to it is a little bit of work. Well, I'm glad you got to get away and that you took my daughter who loves to go places with you. It looks like it was a lot of fun. It was. And now let's take a break. And when we get back, we'll do the Happier and Happier in Hollywood recaps. On Happier and More Happier, episode 469, Gretchen and Liz talk about Determination Day. They share about the joys of the airport and read suggestions related to rebels and habits. On More Happier, they covered the succession finale, Barbara Streisand's memoir, 
and a teacher's hack for story time. I really enjoyed the conversation about airports because I really like airports. I like the liminal space where everybody's on their way somewhere, but here we all are. There is a certain energy. I mean, obviously, if you're late for a flight, not a great vibe. But if everything's going smoothly, it's an interesting place to people watch. And I was reminded of one of the airports in Japan, in Tokyo, Narita. It is immaculate. I would travel there just to spend time in the airport. It's got very luxe department store vibes and the things that you can buy there, the way that food is showcased in a glass display. It's very beautiful. And even the bathrooms, you want to spend time in the bathrooms there. Wow. Because everything is so thoughtful. There's a little machine to mask the sound of you going to the restroom. That's next level. Thought of everything. I was in there, I was having to change for some reason. And it was so easy. There was somewhere to put my stuff. There was the sound machine. The seat was warm. It just made me giddy. I was so excited. And that's what you want from an airport. You want to be excited to go into the city where the airport is. Right. Not like LAX, you know, where you think, <laughs> where have I landed? Why am I here? I will say when I get off at LAX, the first thing that I see is a juice bar. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'm home. <laughs> That's like a, a smoothie place. That's how we are welcoming people to LA. <laughs> what about you? Do you have any airports you like? I'm kind of an anxious flyer, but I've been doing it so often lately that there have been some things that I can look forward to now. One of them is Denver. So the Denver airport, I know much has been said about <laughs> the oddness of the Denver airport. There is a body shop there. And mm. it is a store from my youth that has natural beauty products. And I don't usually come across it except when I'm at the Denver airport. So the last few times I've been there, I picked up something small and it's kind of nice. When I use it, it reminds me of whatever trip I bought it on. And the BWI, so this is the Baltimore, Washington airport, it has this restaurant called Potbelly Sandwich. So another thing about airports is the local food. They often now, airports are trying to support regional businesses or regional restaurants. And so there's the sandwich shop. I think it's regional, I'm assuming, because I've never seen it anywhere else. They sell these like fresh baked, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies and they are so good and every time I am in this airport I buy a bag and I bring it home for my girls and my husband to share the last thing the Seattle airport is the best that is my favorite they have oh. so much good food there's someone playing a piano in the airport it's just so nice and well thought out so plug for that airport the nashville airport also has live music which is you're fun right. you're right i can write a book about southwest layovers because i think i've seen them all at this point you're right i remember like country music in the yeah nashville airport well, Azizi, what happened on Happier in Hollywood? Well, on Happier in Hollywood, episode 353, Liz and Sarah discuss how a meeting can completely change your outlook on something. Sarah shares her journey with a specific type of meditation. They discuss how ethical writers were during the recent strikes, and they discuss the hack of turning off notifications on your devices. Have you ever had a paradigm shift where your outlook totally changed on something? Hmm. Actually, yes. And this one I still think about. Probably about 10 years ago, I took this week-long training and a specific classroom management strategy. It's called Responsive Classroom. It's pretty well known now in schools, in elementary schools in particular. And 
their thesis is that you have to teach children how to use every aspect of your classroom. Basically, you have to teach children how to do school. And this was revolutionary because as a teacher, you make all kinds of assumptions about what kids should know. And oftentimes could be frustrated if something's not going well, or if there's an altercation, or if something gets misused. But you have to always ask yourself, did I actually teach them how to do this thing? And then there's a specific way of practicing and modeling and revisiting because people forget, of course. So everything from how to use a stapler, how to push in your chair, how to hold the door open for someone, all the way to how to collaborate on a project or how to pick a partner. These are all things that have to specifically be taught and modeled and revisited for children. And that really shifted my thinking about children and classrooms. And yeah, it was brilliant. Wow. I'm thinking about all of the things that I want to be taught as an adult. <laughs> like how to pick a partner. That's pretty valuable. I guess I'm not doing group projects <laughs> very often, but that's a sophisticated skill set. You're right. I think it can work with any group or work setting or even family. Did I actually teach this person how to do the thing in the way that I expect it to be done? We make so many assumptions about what people know. And especially we make assumptions that if I told you once, you're going to always remember it. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I think research shows that you need to be told something like 50 times before it actually sticks. And for me, it's like 100. I think it has a lot of applications outside of the classroom. What about you, Malika? I think the paradigm shift that comes to mind for me is around relating to pain differently. And when I was preparing to have Indigo, I was looking into different methodologies around childbirth. And there's a whole category called hypnobirthing, which is a certain way of having prompts and breathing techniques, different ways to move through childbirth. And there was this one story about a storm, somebody being on the ocean and seeing a storm approaching. And the storm is a metaphor for your pain or what's going to happen because you're going through all these different phases and you know that it's going to get more intense. And there's this tendency to see the storm and to feel very small and fearful because the storm is coming and you're vulnerable to the storm. But then the suggestion was, what if you are the storm? Mm. The storm is powerful and you are the storm. You contain this. This experience is happening inside of your body and it is yours, which was just, oh, it really gave me goosebumps. Yeah. Because it's a matter of perception, right? Not to speak to anything about different people's experiences of pain and all of that, but just the idea that this intense thing that I'm feeling is actually a part of my own power versus something that is being done to me or that I'm the victim of and how that just can change your experience of a really intense emotion as I contain this thing. It's a part of me and it's happening for something that I'm wanting. That idea just has really stuck with me in terms of really being able to see something inside of yourself. I think also whenever you can reframe something to put yourself back in control a little bit, it's reassuring when you're anticipating or going through something where it feels like you have no control, this thing is happening to you. But when you realize like, oh, actually, this is something I want, right. <laughs> I brought this on. And this is something that where the outcome is going to be a good one. And it's inside me. It's not just happening to me. I can see how that would be really helpful reframe. I think also what I appreciate about the segment that they did about acknowledging that perception shapes your reality 
is that when you acknowledge it, it makes you alive to the fact that it can happen at any moment. Because I think once you Mm. are in a certain reality, you forget that it's even possible. I think it's a good idea to track when those things happen and know that we don't know everything. We don't know what we don't know and that things can change very quickly. Paradigm shifts are always possible. Our next segment is Who Am I? Where we ask a question that will help you understand who you are. And today we are taking our inspiration from the Know Yourself Better journal that Gretchen Rubin created. Thank you. Thank you, Gretchen. (laughs) So we picked a couple prompts. Azizi, have you found a motto or quotation that has been particularly helpful to you? Okay, Malika, I have two. And I really do think about these both often. So the first one I got from Liz, and I think it wasn't Happier in Hollywood, or maybe it was Happier, I can't remember, but it was Be a Lotus in Muddy Water. And as soon as I heard this, the visual was so beautiful to me, it immediately was something that I knew I wanted to try to aspire to. And so that means when things are difficult, you are always try to have grace and try to be that beautiful sort of together thing, even when mm. things around you are difficult. Things can be hard in life. And work with family. There are ups and downs. There are times when things feel kind of chaotic, but I remember this mantra and that kind of helps me get through it. And then the other one is also a thing to help me get through a difficult time, (laughs) which why are all my mantras about that? This one is from Ilea, my oldest daughter. She was an athlete and she spent a lot of time on teams. And I spent a lot of time at games also. And this was one of the cheers. I think it was for her volleyball team or something. So Malika, I'm going to do it with you. Okay. It's a call and response. Let's give this a shot. We have not practiced this. You don't know what's going to happen. Okay. So I'm going to say a phrase and then you say it. And then we're going to get to a point where we say things together. Okay. All right. I. I. I believe. I believe. I believe that I. I believe that I. I believe that I can win. I believe that I can win. Now we're going to say it together. The whole thing. I I believe believe that that I I can can win. win. I believe that I can win. (laughs) Okay. That's it. And you just do that over and over again. Like the first part is call and response. And then together you say, I believe that I can win. Or you could say, I believe that we can win. And I say it to myself. I say it with my teams. That's my other motto. So when you say it to yourself, do you do the call and response part first internally? I don't. I just leave a space. (laughs) I just say, I, I believe. I believe that I, I believe that I can win. I believe that I can win. So I just leave a space and I imagine the crowd. I I can (laughs) hear it. I can imagine the crowd too. (laughs) What about you, Malika? So one motto that comes up a lot for me is this proverb, little by little, a little becomes a lot. And I've seen it in different forms, but originally I found it on Pinterest scrolling. And so I can picture the visual we'll have to put it in the show notes, but it's this yellow poster with black typefaced. And Mm. that mantra has just helped me so much, especially when I was building my coaching business and any kind of big project or endeavor, really focusing in on the small steps and knowing that they will add up to something. With taxes, I've used mm. this many years. 
working on my taxes. It's really empowering because it's like, oh, I can't lift a big thing, but I can do little things. I can do little things again and again and again and again. I love that. It's like the, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a mm-hmm. time, right? <laughs> That's so helpful when something seems overwhelming. I like that. Okay, here's the next question. What kind of social activities make you feel most connected to other people? I think there's nothing like good food and good company. That combination is just winning, whether it's in somebody's home or in a restaurant. I think it's obviously such a primal thing, right? Eating food together. But that's just, I really feel connected in those situations. And I think also having some kind of an experience with another person Even seeing a movie together or seeing a play together, going to museum, traveling together. I'm thinking of my really good friend, Sabina, who came to Italy with us. We had so much time together and it was just the best. It hit all of these things, right? We had good food together. We had these experiences together and we had a kind of 24 hours in Florence, just her and me. So no baby or husband. I've been thinking about it. I feel so full and so connected and it was a really rich experience. I think one of my primary love languages is quality time. So I really enjoy that kind of extended hangout that helps me feel connected to people. Passing the time together. 24 hours in Florence. That sounds like the title of a great movie about two friends reconnecting (laughs) in this beautiful city. What about you, Azizi? I'm with you with the food. It's powerful connecting over food, but I really prefer a quiet, small moment. So I like getting coffee, maybe dinner. I prefer one-on-one, maybe a few people over kind of a large group, but the social activities where you get to just talk and listen and nibble, those are my favorite, I think. All right. So the next prompt is, as you move through your ordinary routine, What activities energize you? What activities deplete your energy? And this, I should say, is also in the happiness project. Reflection questions for February are versions of this question. Yeah, well, being outdoors and in nature, getting to just stroll, that's my jam. However, that's not a part of my ordinary routine. Like if I think of my Monday through Friday kind of day to day, although I will say the walk from the parking lot to my office, (laughs) it is nice. There's something energizing about that. But then I've talked about some of these things before. I have a citrus scented spray Mm. to give me a pickup if I'm needing to be energized or mint gum or a song or a cheer like the one I just (laughs) shared with you. (laughs) Those are all things to kind of pick up my energy. And what depletes my energy, I think, is sitting for Mm. a long time depletes my energy. People have complained about fluorescent lighting. And I was always like, what is their problem? But actually, maybe the older I get, the more sensitive Hmm. I am to it. So the lighting in a place can really impact my energy, I've noticed lately. So that's something that depletes my energy. Yeah. What about you, Malika? I think what energizes me through my ordinary routine, I think a real moment of connection with my son where we can level with each other, Mm. really see each other. Mm -hmm. I think an inside joke with a friend or with my husband over text, that's always fun Mm. boost. 
I like making a list that energizes me a shortcut to mental clarity. I feel energized by apartment therapy videos on YouTube. That might be a slippery slope because that could go into a rabbit hole. But just one, I feel energized by seeing somebody talk about their inspired space. I think the things that deplete me too many connections back to back. What do you mean? I mean, this was true when I did coaching work, but now I do kind of more advising. But if I have too many sessions where I'm sitting and listening and connecting deeply without having time to recharge, that can feel depleting at the end of the day, being on for too long. Yeah, it's interesting because meetings in person, I can do quite a bit back to back without feeling too drained. But on Zoom, oh my gosh, that's the worst. (laughs) For me, there's a difference between meeting someone and then video conferencing. Things that deplete me also decision fatigue, certain seasons. So it's not every day, but it's when there's certain things going on or if there's a big demand on my attention in one area of my life, it makes it very hard to make choices in another area. So having a really long full day and then having to decide what to eat for dinner can just put you over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, I know those days. Those are some good questions. Yeah, I'm loving these questions. You know, I use this book most nights as a part of my writing for six minutes every night. It's enjoyable. I really like the challenge of thinking about different parts of me. Lovely. Now it's time for our segment, Things That Please Us, where we share about the things that bring us joy. Last week, we talked about a list of things that pleases us. And we enjoyed it so much, we decided to just keep this sort of a regular segment. So from time to time, we're going to share something that is bringing us joy. And today, Malika has something she wants to share that she introduced to me a few years ago. All right. So the tool I went to share that pleases me is Marco Polo. It is an app on your phone where you can send video voicemail. So you record yourself saying some message to a specific person or a specific group of people, and then you send it to them and then they watch it. It's not super high tech, right? We can do this just by texting a video or something, but it's all kind of contained in the app, which is nice. And what I love about it is that it is completely asynchronous. So you're not expected to watch this video as somebody is leaving it for you. The whole thing is like, you're going to get to it when you get to it. And there's not a lot of pressure to return it right away. So it works really well for staying in touch with people who live in different places. One of my closest friends, Joey, she lives in Portland. I don't know that we would have a friendship without this app. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw her in person, but it feels like we're in each other's everyday lives because we polo pretty frequently. I find it easier than making an appointment to have a phone date or something like that. And it may be in a different season in life, that would be easier to do. But right now, and with the time differences, that feels like a really far reach to kind of have a regular phone connection. So this allows it to be consistent. And it's really fun. And then you have this keepsake video of what was going on in somebody's day. I think it's really fun for travel. It's been really good for when Norm is traveling, or I'm traveling when we're not in the same space. We have found polos to be really helpful 
I remember a time when we were dating and he was working in China for a while. And it was just like the time difference was so extreme, but we were able to really stay connected and present in a way for each other without having to find that magic time when we would both be awake and up for connecting in real time. So it's not for everyone. I have some friends that tried it with me and they just can't get into it. And I don't blame them. Everything isn't for everyone. But I think if you can get into the monologuing, (laughs) talking to the camera, then it can be a beautiful format. So Malika, I was one of those people that was not into it <laughs> at first. The questioner in me was like, why are we not just having a phone conversation? I don't understand what this is. Or I can just send you a video. But it turns out people are busy. And there's something to just sharing whenever the mood strikes. So when I'm actually having an experience or in a moment, I can share that with you and I don't have to be available for me to be able to share it with you. And it just occurred to me, it's kind of like a virtual postcard that you are sending someone and the app is actually so user-friendly. You don't have to worry about, is this video too long or now I have to download it and then how do I share it? It's so easy and fun to use. So it just makes sharing video kind of a breeze. And so I was at Rope Drop at Disneyland this weekend. and I did share a few polos with you of that experience while you were, you know, on the road or getting ready to be on the road traveling. And it just unlocked something. So get ready for a lot of polos for me now. Okay. I'm into it now. I love it. That's exciting. Yeah. Highly recommend it. So please download Marco Polo. Check it out with a friend or family member. We're loving this right now. I've been doing it a lot with granny and grandpa, our parents. It's fun to do with Indigo and I do it at dinner time quite often. Yes, I think Indigo <laughs> thinks that your phone is Auntie Z because you're always, you hold the phone up and say, say hi to Auntie Z. And I'm pretty sure he's going to think the phone is named Auntie Z. That's no, okay. he knows that it's you. All right. Well, now it's time for a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss peaks and valleys. Okay, we're back with peaks and valleys, because in life, there are always peaks and valleys. And this is an odd episode. So Malika will do a peak and I will do a valley. So my peak is that mommy is visiting for the week. Our mother, also known as mommy, also known as granny, (laughs) is here for a week to visit and help with Indigo, he's got a school break. And Norm's going out of town. There's just things going on. And I asked if she would come to help and she did. I'm excited mm-hmm. to have her here. Yes. Grandmas are the best. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy for you. I'm happy you get some help. Yeah, me too. And just I'm excited for her to have more time with Indy at the age and stage that he is now because it changes so much. So excited that she came. What about you, Azizi? What's your valley? Okay, so my valley was quite literally low. I was out (laughs) with Sanai yesterday and we went to a store called Mitsua, which is like a Japanese grocery store that she likes to visit. And as I was getting out of the car, I was like talking with her and holding my keys and my phone and I went to get on the curb and I fully fell over onto the curb in slow motion. Oh no. It felt like 
Everything slowed down. I could see like a family looking at me from the corner of my eye. When you're falling, at some point, you're like, wait, is this happening? Is this happening? (laughs) Oh my God, it's happening. (laughs) I was on the ground. (laughs) My my phone and my keys, you know, splattered. And Sanaya is standing there like, are you okay? (laughs) It's like, just give me a minute, okay? (laughs) To like collect myself, so... I gathered myself. I was fine. I picked up my stuff. The family turned away. (laughs) They realized I wasn't going to need medical attention. And I like shook myself off and we went to the grocery store. (laughs) But it was very humbling. It was a humbling experience (laughs) to fall in public in that way. It doesn't happen very often, thank God, but it does. (laughs) It's very memorable. So that was my valley. Honey. No scratches. Well, yes. I actually I scraped my knee, like somehow through my jeans, my knee was bleeding like a first grader. <laughs> and then I definitely pulled something in my back. It's a sore, but it's not terrible. I went on with the rest of my day. I'm fine. Just my ego is bruised a little bit. But, you know, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes. That's true. <laughs> yes, we all fall down. Important thing is to get up. Exactly. You get back up. <laughs> well. Well, that brings us to the end. Azizi, let's leave on a happier thought. What are you going to try this week? Malika, I am going to do some research into that meditation form that Sarah was talking about Mm. and happier in Hollywood. I'm intrigued. Sounded fascinating. So I'm going to look into that. What about you, Malika? I am going to turn out some polos. Ah, More more of the same. (laughs) More of the same. (laughs) I feel jazzed about it now. I'm going to double down. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to this episode. If you like us, rate, review, and tell a friend and follow us. Send us a message at happierladies at gmail.com and tell us something you liked about Happier and Happier in Hollywood this week. Our show was edited by Magnus Bjorgum. And our theme music was created by Wyatt Muncy. And we also want to give a very special shout out to Gretchen Rubin, Liz Craft, and Sarah Fain for inspiring our conversation each week. You can find us on Instagram at Happier Ladies and on the web at happierladies.com, where you can find our show notes. All right, Azizi, have a happier week. Have a happier week, Malika. Bye. Bye. Musical interlude. This is the part that's awkward. <laughs> no, I'm so we have no transition game. Our transition game is terrible. <laughs>